Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right, we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Happy New Eve. Year. This is the 31st of the year for 2023, and... When you're done listening to this episode, if you start it at, at some time in the evening, maybe like 11.30. 11.35, knowing how we go, yeah. Yeah, or maybe 11.25, depending on how long we talk. If you start it then, you can celebrate the New Year's with our closing outro. Yeah. However, if you start this episode at 11.59, we will say Happy New Year's with you. Happy New Year's! Welcome to 2024. If we look back, 2019, this podcast started, and we celebrated our first year with you back in 2020. And Zach said, let's just make this Eclipse episode so we don't have to record anything. I'll just string a bunch of content together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was joking about that. I was not being serious. I said, wouldn't it be funny if we did a Clips episode? And, well, here are our top clips from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Number 15. <laughs> That time that producer Doug yelled at us. What if it was a clips episode of all unaired sound? Just all the like neck cricks and farting that I do off camera. <laughs> I was thinking about the unrecorded footage between the banters that we have with our guests and producers. Oh, that'd be fun if we constantly recorded. I mean, I do. I have a recorder under my desk, but that's only because I'm worried about the... Uh government but anyway oh yeah 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 zach what have you been uh recently been playing seth recently i've been playing super mario brothers wonder which i got as a christmas gift from my brother nice the game was released back in october of 2023 it is the first side-scrolling Mario title since 2012's New Super Mario Bros. U. It is a good game. I like it. It takes place in a different kingdom than the Mushroom Kingdom. Instead of the Mushroom Kingdom, you're in the like Flower Kingdom, and you team up with Prince Florian, who looks like a worm, and he teams up with you, and you guys go on adventures together because Bowser has turned into a castle and now he is destroying things. The game takes a lot of cues from the new Super Mario Brothers franchise in terms of some of the design elements and uh, level structure. However, at the same time, there's also kind of a new level of difficulty that kind of reminds me of how Super Mario World or uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 played back in the day. Um, So I think it's very much a return to form for classic Mario. At the same time, it does a lot of new things does a lot of old things um and overall is just a great game i've just enjoyed myself i've had a good time and i'm looking forward to playing more of it i like all the different abilities you can do this one ability where you turn into an elephant there's another ability where you shoot bubbles and then there's uh, a fire of course the fire flower ability and so on and so on so i like it i can't wait to play more And that's what I've been recently playing and what I'm probably going to be playing to end out the year. Seth, what have you been recently playing? So recently I've been playing The uh, Expanse, a Telltale series, uh, which was released back on November 20th of 2023, at least on Steam. I think it came out earlier on Epic, possibly. It was developed by Deck Nine and published by Telltale. Deck Nine is the studio that also brought us Life is Strange. Uh, So they're pretty good at doing heavy story-driven adventure games. In The Expanse, the Telltale game, you take on the role of Kamina Drummer, who is a belter, and you explore the dangerous and uncharted edges of the belt aboard the ship, the Artemis. You scavenge wrecked ships in Zero 
ROG. You may have to survive a mutiny or combat fearsome pirates, and you have to make difficult choices along the way to show how Kamino Drummer's true resolve is. Kamino Drummer is the, at the beginning of the game, the executive officer aboard the Artemis. The executive officer is the second in command of the ship. There is a captain who is in charge of the ship, and then there are various other roles under the executive officer and the captain, such as the medic, the mechanic, the pilot, and the crew. The crew are generally the people who do things outside of the ship, like board other ships. The the ship's crew consists of people who are belters, people who are from Earth, and people who are from Mars, who are also known as Martians. However, everyone is human because this is the expanse. Belters are raised in zero-G. They're humans. They live in zero-G, but they're, they're, they have, like, elongated limbs, and their limbs are, like, more brittle or supposed to be, like, not as strong because of their development within zero-G. So the belters tend to be a bit more, not necessarily more alien, but they definitely tend to be a little bit more non-human characteristics. I'm familiar with the expanse universe, but I'm not super familiar with the expanse universe. I'm familiar enough that I'm getting things in the game, but I'm not familiar enough that I'm I'm not getting everything, which is okay. Maybe it'll inspire me to eventually do more with the game. I'm actually going to talk more about this game as we get into this episode. So yeah, bear on the line to hear a little bit more about it. That's cool. I'm not familiar at all with The Expanse beyond people telling me that I might like the show, which I think everyone tells me when there's a science fiction series that is doing good. Like Foundation, people are like, you might like the show. And I haven't watched any of them. So the reason why I like The Expanse, and I did watch at least the first two seasons of the show, and why you may like it, is that it's a little more grounded in real science. So like when ships take off, it's very jarring for people <laughs> and when they stop it's very jarring and um people generally have to be injected with medication when they <laughs> take off in the ship because and that's i just feel like a way that we would solve things today <laughs> just shoot them up Probably. with some drugs but yeah so you might like it i mean part of the expanse is like a detective mystery in the beginning so just kind of like stuff like that well that's fun to get us into new year's producer doug kindly reminded us over and over again how much he misses the byway pass he has sent us emails and post-it notes and memorandums and all the things that you could possibly do to let us know that he wants the byway pass back in force and he wants it back now so last year we did do the byway pass we did it for new year's this year we're gonna do it again for new year's so we're gonna do a whole byway pass episode just for you producer doug uh we talked about the top 10 games last year that we look forward to playing in 2023 so we're gonna start things off by going through those games and if we played them and if we liked them and then we're gonna jump into the top 10 games games of 2024 that we are looking forward to playing so starting us off seth do you want to take it away with one of those games from 2023 that you were really looking forward to playing yeah i think this is kind of fun we get to do a little post-mortem and look back at the games that we were excited about and where our minds were at at that time and whether or not those games came to fruition because it's game development sometimes games get delayed so did Did these games get delayed? Did they release? Did they come out and bomb and we didn't even decide to pick them up? Maybe. Let's let's get into it. So the first games that I mentioned in the top one slot that I was excited about for 2023, and mind you, our top 10 series, wherever it falls on the top 10, bears no relation to our excitement. We are equally excited about all of these games. Uh, some games we may like more or be more excited about, but they may be lower on the list. Their placement on the list doesn't indicate how excited we are. The top two games that I had in the number one slot in 2023 was Wolf 
Wolf Among Us 2 and The Expanse. Wolf Among Us 2 was pushed out to 2024 in order to avoid crunch and hurting their employees, which is something I support. Avoiding crunch and hurting their employees. That's what I support. Not hurting them. Seth is very pro-hurting employees. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm anti-hurting employees. So I can still look forward to it in 2024. However, it is not going to be included in our top 10 2024 games. So I am still looking forward to Wolf Among Us 2. Uh, the Expanse, however, did come out. Uh, it came out November 20th of 2023, at least on Steam, and I played about 40 minutes of it. Mostly because it came out November 20th, right around Thanksgiving, and then we roll into Christmas, and there's a bunch of holidays. Um, we're pretty much back to back to back with like holiday stuff. I think we have a couple of weeks in the downtime, and that's pretty much it. So I played about 40 minutes of it very recently of the recording. I already talked a bit about it, because it's also my recently played, because I just played uh, as of like yesterday, I played about 40 minutes of it. Uh, once again, you're the executive officer of the ship. Your character's a belter. Your character's made of the ship's made of belters, earthers, and Martians. I thought you were going to say he's made of belts. Made of belts. That'd be an interesting game. As the Telltale series of The Walking Dead got me into The Walking Dead series, I'm hoping that the Expanse Telltale series will reinvigorate my likeness of the my fondness for the Expanse show and also the series, book series, and maybe I'll read more books in the sci-fi universe. Now, one of the games that I highlighted was Resident Evil 4 Remake. This was a game that I was looking very much forward to playing and I didn't play it. Uh, to be honest, I didn't play a lot of the games that I was looking forward to playing for a variety of reasons, which we'll get into, but I did play a lot of Sonic. So you know what? At least I did something with my time this year. But the Resident Evil 4 remake was a game that I was, I just thought looked really good. Um, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil. I like what they did with the remakes for two. And I didn't get a chance to play Resident Evil 3 remake, though I heard good things about it. And I like Resident Evil 4 as a game. So I was looking forward to playing Resident Evil 4 remake. And it did release March 24th, 2023. And it was released by Capcom. And I have heard good things about it. I've heard that people have enjoyed it. I've heard that it both adds to the original game while also not really taking away too much from the original game. Uh, and what I mean by that is that the original game is so iconic for many reasons and they didn't necessarily change things that were weird about the original game because some of those weird things are just very iconic. One of the things I'm referring to is like a line early in the game when Leon gets to the village that's uh, filled with villagers infected by Las Plagas and as you walk into the village suddenly all the villagers just start walking away and Leon goes Where's everyone going? Bingo? I'll hopefully try to get to it maybe in 2024 though again i heard good things and uh it is one of those games that is just it's just on my list at this point the next game that i specifically talked about in our episode from a year ago was a firmament which was uh, slated to release in q1 of 2023 and it didn't come out until may of 2023 uh it is a new property by scion worlds and it stepped into a pile of controversy they apparently at some point in time used ai in the development of the game Game, and they cited in the credits that it was used in everyone tore it apart uh they were really mad they made uh, people made assumptions that certain things were used through ai there's a lot of reading in the game and people thought that the journals were created with ai and solely created with ai they had to come out and make a couple of statements saying that even though ai was used it was all human you know using that ai to assist them there were no jobs that were taken away because of it and so on and so forth but it just that the credit to the ai in 
the credits was just it came right right out the right moment where people were just very mad that AI was being used in creating of this type of medium, this art medium that we all enjoy. However, the issue I had with it was not the issue with AI, even though I think that people shouldn't be robots and that I felt like their explanation was fine. But uh, my issue ultimately was with Firmament was pretty much early part of the game. I picked it up on release back in May, and the last time I played it was on release back in May. I think I played a couple of sessions of it. I feel like the issue with me is that it's a bit flat, like the storytelling is a bit flat, and the world's not really interesting. Um, I may try to give it another crack because it is it is the Cyan world. They did Abduction, they did Mist, they did Riven, they did all sorts of great games. I firmly it just fell flat for me. I don't know why, but um, I'll possibly play it again in 2024. But for me, I it just really didn't resonate with me. And then all the controversies happened, and and then I just kind of moved on to other games. Yeah, that's unfortunate about the AI thing. Now, a game that I did get to play but didn't release in 2023 was Alone in the Dark. So Alone in the Dark uh, actually got pushed back or just wasn't ever released in 2023 or the plan was never to release in 2023 but it is due to release in 2024 in fact in march of 2024 and i did get a chance to play it i played it at pax i really liked it i like the change of direction that the game is taking specifically it has a more psychological horror element to it that i don't think was really present in the original and the remake is also really heavily leaning into the lovecraftian elements i definitely do plan to pick it up whether or not i pick it up on release is an entirely different question for future zach but it is a game that I definitely want to play so I am definitely looking forward to it and my current plan is to grab it. The next game I talked about was uh, Star Trek Resurgence which was released on Epic Games uh, but it was it's not due to release on Steam into Q2 of 2024 which it should release fine on that date because it's already available on PC so when they bring it to Steam it's not I, I assume it's not too entirely complicated to do that anyway it looks like a fun game uh i think i'll enjoy it when it does come out for steam but i'm going to keep waiting till uh, till then because there's other games that are available for me that i'm playing and i think i'll have stuff to play until q2 i honestly have stuff to play till the rest of my life but i'll i'll have some current stuff that i want to play up until q2 i'm pretty sure a game that i was definitely looking forward to but i just frankly just didn't pick it up because i forgot about it was colossal cave by Sig entertainment specifically colossal cave that was recently created by ken roberta williams it did release in january of 2023 january 19th so you had all year not to pick it up literally all year and i just completely forgot it existed it's not even on my wish list which i thought i wish listed it i'm kind of sad i didn't pick it up because it looks like a fun game and it's got some pretty positive reviews from what i've seen ken and roberta williams are great game designers i like their work so i'm not surprised that it's been a well received i didn't realize this at first or at least if I did, I forgot I realized this, but apparently the whole idea about this version of the game is that it's based on Roberta Williams's memories of what it felt like to her to play the original Colossal Cave text adventure in 1979. So it's based on her, like, imagination. They did go back and update it. They released this Colossal Cave game in January, and there were some issues with it. They went back and they overhauled it based on input from different people. Hopefully I'll pick it up within the next year. I am actually am going to put it on my wish list this time. So I will at least remember to grab it. Uh, when it is on sale. One of the games that I talked about in 2022 for 2023 was Baldur's Gate 3. I've talked about this game a lot. I think I've mentioned it 
a number of times every couple of months, and I've played a lot of it. It came out in August, and I played a paltry 348 hours. Uh, I'm going to say at least of those 20 hours were just me leaving the game on by accident, but I would say a solid 200 to 250 of that is actually trying to get through the game. And then I'm going to say like the rest of that like 100 hours was probably in the early access because it didn't restart your playtime. So I played about 40 hours in early access, probably left the game running for about 20 hours, and then the bulk of that rest of that time was me playing one game, one one character through one game. I love Baldur's Gate 3. If you even remotely are interested in fantasy and role-playing games, check it out. Even if you're not really interested, if you just like are like casual, vaguely like Lord of the Rings, check it out. It's a great game. And right now until January 4th, during the winter sale of Steam, it's 10% off. Now, a game that I was interested in potentially picking up a physical copy of was Skate Cat by SJ Games. This is an NES homebrew. And it did get a physical version that released from Limited Run Games, but I did not get a chance to grab it because it sold out too soon. Beyond that, I did play the demo. It's a very fun little platformer, and uh, I definitely recommend trying it out if you're interested in homebrews and NES games and such. But if I do find a copy of the game physically in the future, maybe at a convention, I'll be sure to pick it up. One of the games that I mentioned that I was excited about in 2022 being released in 2023 was Hogwarts Legacy. I played about 11 hours of it. Uh, I haven't played much of it since March. I did have a close friend of mine who bought it and gave it to me because he really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the bit that I've played. I think the issues were, I think, I want to say there was like, I had my Steam Deck and I think I was trying to play it on my Steam Deck and it wasn't running that great on my Steam Deck and I wanted to play more games on my Steam Deck type of deal and I just didn't have time to sit down in front of my PC and play it. I don't know. There's probably a bunch of excuses that I have. There was a thing that frustrated me and I, I got mad and I, I think I just wore, I stopped playing it because I got mad um, because something failed. I'm not somebody who particularly likes it when the game edges you out and you can't reload a save. <laughs> And I think that's what happened with me at Hogwarts Legacy. So it's out. It came out on time and it's it's an, it's an all right game. Well, the last game on our list of games that we were excited about playing in 2022 that came out or didn't come out in 2023 was Tintin and the Cigars of the Pharaoh by Pendulo Games and Microids. It did release November 7th, 2023, and it has universally bad reviews. I don't feel too bad about not picking this one up. It's a shame because all of the reviews pretty much start with, I was very excited for this game because I loved the comics. Then I played it and it's very glitchy and bad. And that just seems to be the problem. It seems to be a game that is just not well put together and is full of glitches and it just has not been updated yet. And uh, from what I've seen of the game, it looks good visually, but it's also not what I expected. When I was thinking about this episode we recorded back in 2022 last year, two years ago now, I thought it was going to be like a two and a half D Monkey Island style adventure game. I was thinking like Dragon Sphere with better graphics and Tintin characters. You know, I wanted something like that, but it's not that. It's like a full 3D action game. And I'm like, that's just not what I want out of Tintin because I feel like games like that, especially games like that that are licensed based can be so hit or miss. So uh, I'm a little disappointed by Cigars of the Pharaoh, mostly because I think Tintin is a great license and it can do very well in video games if 
you try hard enough. And I think people need to stop associating Tintin with this like action adventurer, which he kind of is. But think of him also like a detective because Tintin is arguably also a detective. Like he solves crime. He's a journalist. He's a journalist, but he's not like Indiana Jones, right? Like when he is put into adventure scenarios, often they're by accident and often he kind of gets out of them completely by chance. Or by Snowy. The reason the Tintin movie works in some places is because there's this long action sequence of him like on this motorcycle and it's just all coincidences of why he's surviving, which is just, that's Tintin. Like it's just a coincidence that he makes it through things. Doesn't, I think Snowy at one point in time rescues him from Al Capone. He sure does. Tintin the Cigars of the Pharaoh. Yes, it came out, but I'm not looking to spend $30 on it, uh, at least until I have heard that they have made some substantial fixes to it. Now, to get onto the episode, really, uh, to talk about our top 10 games that we're looking forward to in 2024. So these are games that are all slated to come out in 2024, and then maybe January, in a year, we'll come back and we'll talk about these games and whether or not they came out and if we played them or if we just played more of Baldur's Gate for the entire year of 2024. The first one that we're going to talk about is the game called Avowed, which is a game that is being developed by Obsidian Entertainment and is not to be confused with the... There is a 2D adventure game called Avowed, which is also very good, but that's done by, like, Wajidai um, and not done by Obsidian Entertainment. Avowed by Obsidian Entertainment is a upcoming action role-playing video game and is going to be taking place in the same universe as Pillars of Eternity in the world of Eora. So you get to play as D&D characters that are not D&D characters because they didn't have the license to make said D&D characters and they made their own world. So they made this their own like fantasy world where there's still like paladins and knights and fighters and thieves and um, assassins and wizards and clerics and stuff like that. But it's in their own world with their own rule system and a Vowed is going to be in that world, except instead of being an isometric game where your character is an inch high, it's going to be a first person game. And it's going to be like Skyrim, except it's not set in Skyrim. It's going to be set in Eora. I'm very excited to play in this game. It looks like it's going to be that Skyrim game that we're all missing um, in our life with like visceral combat, magic in one hand, sword in another hand, going toe to toe with up against your enemies. Really a series of games that we've been missing out. I want to say for quite some time. I think there's been a long time since we've had a game like Skyrim where you're like in a first person perspective fighting a mythical creature up in front because before that if you think of the Elder Scrolls going back all those games are like that but then I'm trying to think of other games that are kind of like that that are not like early 2.5 D adventure games or fight like um like role-playing games you know what I mean and it's coming out in 2024 so if you are interested in miss if you're missing out on your Skyrim do what I did and wish list avowed. Nice. If you hate Skyrim, then don't. A game that I think Seth and I are both looking forward to, but we've definitely alluded to it a bunch, is Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered, which is due to be released February 28th of next year. Developed by Night Dive Studio, it's a remake remaster of Dark Forces, the 1995 nice. Star Wars game. That's exciting. 
Yeah, we've talked a lot about Dark Forces, including very recently when Seth gave it to me as my retro rewind. So I don't need to go too in depth on the plot, but it's going to be interesting to see what Night Dive can do to make Dark Forces essentially worth buying again. Because I own a copy of Dark Forces already on Steam. Night Dive needs to do something amazing in order to make this game worth me getting a second copy of Dark Forces. And I believe they can do it because Night Dive has consistently churned out quality products. But some of the things that they're looking to do is upscale the game so it would be 4K with 120 FPS, updated animations, controller support, gamepad support with a weapon wheel and rumble, and various other quality of life changes. The gamepad support with weapon wheel and rumble makes it sound like they're also really pushing it to be a Steam Deck compatible game, and that's also exciting. So Dark Force is remastered. It's definitely going on my, like, I want this game, I and I really can't wait for this game. So uh, hoping for all the best when it comes to it. So for our third game that we're looking forward to, that's going to be released in 2024 is Ara History Untold. Ara History Untold is an upcoming turn-based grand strategy video game, and it's going to be developed by Oxide Games and published by Xbox Game Studios. Ara, A-R-A, uh, History Untold is about building and leading a nation through an alternate history. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of civilization where you're given like a little group of people and you bring them from the stone age all the way up to the modern nice except it's a little bit more zoomed in than civilization so you can see your like ferris wheel in your city and you it looks like more of like neighborhood control versus civilizations like city control right i'm not sure but it does look like it's going to be a pretty dynamic world some of the kind of the points of change is that they're going to have true simultaneous turns so every turn every nation's actions and choices will resolve simultaneously instead of like in civ where like i do something and zach waits 10 years and then i end the turn and then he goes to zach and he does his turn and stuff like that in this everyone will take their turn at the same time and i'm guessing group consent end the turn but like as zach moves his troops across the field i will see zach's troops moving across the field so i guess it will also play into the speed of you being able to do something kind of like a blend of real-time strategy and also a civ building type of deal i also noticed that they had a way of where you can have an influential figure be representative of you and you could play as uh, like george washington but also the game takes place from the dawn of man so if your leader never changes you're you're essentially the role play of it is that you're George Washington who's immortal. Nice. It looks like an interesting strategy game. I'm excited that like real-time strategy, grand strategy type of stuff is getting um, additional games. There was some other 4X type games that are coming. I don't think this is really 4X because I think it's closer, but there was there was a game that like I want to say like um, honorable mention called Hypocrisy. Uh, that's going to be um, 1970s Cold War. So I'm glad that there's some interesting strategy games coming out in the 2024 because I, I really like the strategy genre and I, I think it, it's sometimes underrepresented. Cool. Another game that we have on our list is Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. This is a remaster of the original Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which originally released in 2004 for the GameCube. It's actually a game I've never played. Uh, I did love the original Paper Mario, which came out on the N64. I have a copy of that. It's one of my favorite role-playing games, but I never got a chance to play Thousand Year Door, and the GameCube version is very expensive right now. So instead of saving up money to pick up the GameCube version, I'm going to play the remake. Why not? It's it's a game that I'm excited for 
to be able to try essentially Thousand Year Door for the first time with hopefully a pretty good remake. It sounds like it's going to be a good one. And from what I've seen from fans of the original, they uh, seem to think it's going to be faithful. So hopefully it's not a bad remake. Hopefully it does a good job. And hopefully it's a good way to experience Thousand Year Door for the first time. Uh, number five is going to be Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Vampire the Masquerade is a game that's close to my heart. Um, I like the vampire genre. I like the um, the Bloodlines game. Blood vampire Bloodlines 2 is an upcoming action role-playing game just like Bloodlines. Um, it's being published by Paradox Interactive, and it's actually being developed by the Chinese Room, which I believe is the new developers on the case, because they were originally being developed by somebody else, and those people were fired or something. There was some controversy or some stuff going on with Vampire Blood Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I think it was supposed to come out 2023 or 20... It was supposed to come out earlier, and it's been in developer hell. But... The developer of the Chinese Room game looked like they're they were involved in games like some Amnesia games and also a Dear Esther. So they're familiar with games that require a degree of like environmental suspense. And I think that's a that's really crucial to having a good Bloodlines game is that there needs to be some environmental suspense. I think the best level in Bloodlines is the hotel, and that's all about environmental suspense. The game takes place in a modern day Seattle. It's a really kind of like a playing into the vampire world where it's going to have some wars. I'm guessing that's going to be the Camarilla, the Spot, and the Anarchs, and they're all fighting each other. So that should be an interesting game that's going to take place. I'm really been being blind towards this game mostly because. I don't want to hype myself up to the point of being overhyped so I've really just not even been reading any news or anything that comes out I don't even I know some of the clans that are going to be available to play I'm not even really keeping track of them I'm just going to wait till the game comes out if it's $70 and is overwhelmingly positive I'll probably buy it if it's more than $70 I may wait if it's under $70 and mildly positive then I'll buy it. So anywhere in between, but I'm I'm looking for a, a good review and a good a good price point. Um, so the next game, number six, is Clock Tower, developed by WayForward and supposed to be published by Limited Run. It's going to be a remaster, re-release of the original Clock Tower, which came out for the Super Famicom way back when, and was also on the PS1 as Clock Tower The First Fear. And it's going to be a release for modern consoles, so PS4, PS5, PC, etc. I don't believe I'll be picking up the Limited Run version. I think Limited Run puts out a quality product, but I'm not always a fan of the wait times. So uh, I definitely will pick up the digital release. And if they put out kind of a, like sometimes Limited Run puts out just the game with like the case and the disc, like with not, none of the special stuff. I might pick that up, but um, it looks like it's going to be cool. It's the original version of Clock Tower, but they're doing some reworking to better localize the game, to make the game, uh, you know, more accurate to the original storyline. Along with that, there's also going to be new music, and there's going to be animated motion comics, which is kind of a neat addition. So that should be very cool. I'm a big fan of Clock Tower. I have the original as a reproduction cartridge with a fan translation, and that's been fun to play but it's going to be cool to see kind of what an official localization looks like and to kind of get that onto modern systems because it would be fun to play you know on my ps4 as opposed to plugging in everything to get my super nintendo going so number seven is going to be suicide squad kill the justice league it's a upcoming action shooter game developed by 
Rocksteady Studios and published by Warner Brothers game and it is the sequel to Batman Arkham Knight being developed by the creators of the Batman Arkham series. Kill the Justice League is a genre-defying third-person action shooter where the ultimate band of misfits must do the impossible and kill the Justice League. I'm excited about this. I am excited to play as uh, bad guys. I'm excited to play as bad guys in a Batman Arkham type of game. I think that, because the combat is always so like great and visceral by like Rocksteady. Um, the game is going to MSRP at $70, which is no bueno for me. Uh, and the d- digital deluxe edition is $100 which you could buy right now because it's actually coming out in five weeks. It's supposed to come out February 2nd, 2024. I don't know if it's a day one purchase for me. If they give me a 10%, 15% off discount, maybe a day one purchase, but I'm going to hold steady. Uh, I also, I like Suicide Squad. I like Rocksteady. I don't like them $100. I may pay the 70. I'll definitely look to pick it up sometime in the, the year of 2024. Our number eight is Star Wars Outlaws, an upcoming action adventure game by Massive Entertainment published by Ubisoft. It looks to incorporate stealth, open world mechanics, space combat, and vehicular combat in a game. Replace an outlaw named Kves, who is supposed to be taking on a heist. I love heists. I like open world games. I like Star Wars. And uh, from what I've seen of gameplay demos, it looks great. There hasn't been a demo release that's playable, but uh, from what they've shown of like footage and stuff of the game, uh, it looks like it's supposed to be a really good game from what I can tell. Uh, hopefully it lives up to those expectations. I have been impressed by Star Wars games of late. I really liked Jedi Survivor when I picked it up. Hopefully it lives up to that, though it's going to be cool to play a game where you're not reliant on Jedi stuff. It'll be nice to not be a Jedi for once because Kay is not a Jedi. She's just a scoundrel. And you know what? Being a scoundrel is fun and hopefully you can meet Boba Fett. Number nine is going to be Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. It's a upcoming action adventure platform video game developed and published by Ubisoft and it is the first new major installment in the Prince of Persia series since 2010, Prince of Persia The Forgotten Sands. So 13 years now we have a Prince of Persia game coming out. It looks like it's due to be out January 18th, 2024. It looks like it's coming to Windows, but I mean, it might only be coming to Epic, but it is going to be released on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One Series XS. And it's going to be a 2.5D side-scrolling action adventure video game where you play as a new character named Sargon and it's going to be a Metrovania style Prince of Persia game. It's kind of going back to the roots of the original original cinematic platforming Prince of Persia game. So it's very much 2D style. It's going to be an interconnected game world filled with shortcuts, secret rooms, solving puzzles to progress. I'm looking forward to it. It's something that I may actually look to pick up on the Switch if it doesn't come out for Steam because this just looks like a fun game to play on the uh, like a handheld as it were. Very cool. Now the last game on our list is a game called Lamasoft the Jeff Minter Story. It's a documentary game of sorts uh, about the career of Jeff Minter, who was the creator of Tempest 2000. It's being developed by Digital Eclipse, who put out some pretty excellent game collections. Uh, Digital Eclipse has this kind of unique talent of putting out collections of games that are more than just like a menu. So like, for example, their Atari 50, the anniversary collection was this loving tribute to Atari's 50 years as well as having interviews and like magazine scans and advertisements and all these other things that you would expect from an anniversary. Similarly, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection is 
is like this tribute to the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games, diving into like every version of the game that was available for certain games. It's just, they do a good job at putting things together and making things look nice. And this is their plan for the Jeff Minter story. It's a collection of Jeff Minter games where it also acts as kind of an interactive documentary about his games. He worked on games for the Sinclair, the Commodore VIC-20, the Spectrum, the Commodore 64, and the Atari 800. So he's gonna, it's gonna be a wide variety of games and it's kind of be cool to see kind of what Digital Eclipse puts together. Nice. What a year. 2023 was a was a great year for the Classic Gaming Brothers. We celebrated our thir- third, four, fourth year, fourth, fifth year. I don't know. We've been doing this for a while. We celebrated a number of years together. And the best part about not giving an actual number is that we could just slice this data into our clip show, which will be coming out. <laughs> All right, anyway, for the Retro Rewind, because that's where we're going to move on to, um, we're looking forward, not only do we look forward to the future, but we also look towards the past. Zach had me play Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. Uh, the game was, this game was released on the SNES Genesis, Game Boy, and Game Gear. And if you played any of them, you didn't play the other game, because there was four separate games <laughs> that were all Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. The SNES and Game Boy are most like each other, and they are both side-scrolling action games, though different side-scrolling action games. The Game Gear is a competitive fighting game. The Genesis game, though, is a side-scrolling beat-em-up game where you play as one of the Rangers, where I'm told later on you get to play as a Zord and also beat-em-up stuff, depending on the level. I didn't get that far, but I did play it. You get to walk through the streets and there's a massive timer and timers stress me out in beat em up games because one of the issues I have is that these, a lot of the creatures you fight as like mobs are like putties and the putties spend time just puttying around as putty and like literally the time is just counting down and you can't interact with the putties when they're doing their putty dance across the, the ground. So you have to wait until these putties form up to then you start punching them. I did learn that if you hold forward and you punch a bunch, you pull out your weapon which I learned because I was playing as the Blue Ranger because he always is like a sad sack and I like playing as... (laughs) I feel like... I gotta give him some love because he's a sad sack. He has a trident, which if I was a blue ranger, I mean, I do kind of look like the blue ranger, but if I yeah. was, if I was, if I was given a blue suit and a trident, I would also be a sad sack. They're like, yeah, you get a cool sword. And I don't know what the other ones, to be honest, have for their weapons. I'm only familiar with what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have for weapons. Not, I wasn't a big Power Rangers guy. Zach, though, loves Power Rangers. Anyway, I played through the first level. At the end of the level, you fight a boss. A fight is kind of an opportune word here. The boss appears and shoots fire explosions at you and then you fall down and the stage clears. And I didn't know if I was supposed to jump during that sequence, <laughs> And but the stage cleared, so I guess I won, but I felt like I didn't win. And then the guy went off and kidnapped Zardon or something. I don't know what was going on in that game. It's okay. It's a beat-em-up game. The sprites are a little small and the combat is a little, it's fine. If you like waves of combat, it's a lot of, especially the early stages, it's just a lot of putties. But if you like Power Rangers and you like beat-em-up, games and you like the Sega Genesis and you like the 90s, this game might be for you. Uh, It's not the worst game that Zach gave me. Uh, However, next week, Zach, you can play Batman Beyond Return of the Joker for the N64, which is the only N64 game featuring Batman. Also, the only game ever based on the animated film Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. (laughs) 
Uh, the game is very good. I do not believe you. Uh, Seth had me play Dark Legions by Silicon Knights and published by SSI back in 1994. It's a strategy game and kind of like chess type of strategy game. So basically you, you start out with uh, a certain amount of money and you purchase units and then you place them on a board and then you give one of the units an orb and then you command your units to do different things and it's turn-based. So the computer or, your or the person you're playing against takes their turn after you take your turn and vice versa. Uh, and you guys fight your characters. It's an interesting game. I thought it has really nice visuals. Each sprite is incredibly detailed. They're very large sprites for the characters. It is not super intuitive, but once you get the hang of it, it does seem to move along at a quick pace. And by quick pace, I mean for a turn-based strategy game from 1994. Next week, Seth, I want you to also play an MS-DOS game, and I want you to also play a game that's going to take a little bit of strategy because it's Sherlock Holmes consulting detective that's exciting i do want to make a note zach you were really good with letting everyone know who developed and published your game in what year the mighty Morphin power rangers the movie the game was developed by sims for the genesis and published by sega and and ban presto for the the genesis it was also released in 1995 so there could have been a house somewhere in the world where the dad or the mom was or the older brother was playing Dark Legions and the child was playing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. Well, Happy New Year to everyone listening, and we hope everyone enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for next year's episodes, feel free to email us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. Be sure to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, do all those things that you can do. We're available wherever podcasts can be found, be it iHeartRadio or Podbean or iTunes. You can find us also on Facebook, Classic Gaming Brothers, Instagram, Classic Gaming Brothers, X, CG Brothers Pod, and Blue Sky, CG Brothers Pod. We also have a website, ClassicGamingBrothers.com. Check it out. With that, Seth, is there anything that you would like to contribute? Don't play games like my brother. Don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's... That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.